0: coach taku making anime your new life coach Coach Taku listeners, thanks for joining us. It's Friday and we're here again with our very special guest, Robert. And as, as we've already mentioned, Robert is a magical, intuitive life coach. I added the magical part, but it's really true. Um, and today we're talking about a really special anime. It's one that he actually suggested and that I really, really loved. And it's by, it's a, it's a film by Mamoru Hoshoda and it takes, it takes place. It's like, he's, he's also the, he's also the the director for like uh, Weathering With You and Your Name. So this film is actually, I hadn't seen it before, but it's actually quite, it's so much fun and there's so much heart and love into it. And there's so much inspiration. So I'm really happy that we're going into it. And Robert, why don't you give us a synopsis of what the movie is?
1: Yeah, thanks, Mary. Yeah, I love this movie. A little trivia before I go into it. The director, I think, did a couple episodes of Digimon. So I know you're a fellow Digimon fan, and that style is very nostalgic for me. So I'm a huge fan of the director. So Summer Wars is a movie about two high school students who actually are pretty much strangers. And out of the blue, one summer day, um, Natsuki, the female protagonist, just randomly decides to ask Kenji if he would be willing to accompany her to visit her family in the rural countryside. And without really knowing each other or really knowing too much of the context, he agrees. And in this world, they there exists like a virtual reality hub that pretty much governs all portals of social life and online activity, and even, um, you know, our electrical systems and things like that, and that's called Oz. And within this world, people just are able to do everything in regular life, but in the virtual reality, and you get to pick your avatars and things like that. So within this world, these two characters actually get swept up in a cyber attack that goes haywire because these two characters um, unintentionally take some interesting actions without thinking too much about it, and it kind of kind of builds into this um, story where a family has to come together in order to basically save the, <laughs> save the world in some ways. And it's a very um, kind of a magical movie in that way. So yeah, that's a brief synopsis, it's a great kind of adventure film, I would say.
0: Definitely a lot of fun to watch. Definitely highly recommend, especially if you love video games, the cyber world and anime, this movie has all of that. And the coaching conversation that kind of struck both Robert and I as we were watching this was around being at effect and being at cause. And we've actually talked about this in other episodes, but just as a refresher, uh, being an effect is when we're not actively taking action on the situation, circumstances around us. We're just kind of letting things flow. Being at cause means that we're actually being a demand for the things that we want, desire, the uh, kind of life that we want to live, the the goals that we want to create. So it's it's coming from a more intentional place where we're actually intentionally designing how we want it to go. And Robert, do you have any other things you want to add to that?
1: Yeah, I this is such an important concept in coaching, and um, that was beautiful. I think of at effect as sort of the belief that like, the world happens to me, right? Um, it's almost like you're you're passive, you're a passive role, and living from that place, being a cause is you know, like Mary said, taking ownership, um, even when you know, people have complicated lives and challenges, but taking ownership of the things that we can't control and that we can be responsible for and coming from that place rather than, you know, uh, my life is just what happens around me or what happens to me. So it's a very interesting, but um, definitely could be a pretty nuanced conversation at the same time. Um, and yeah, the the reason we thought this topic was interesting is because both of the two main characters start off with no clue that they would land themselves in the situation that they do, but they did take a lot of action. I think it was just sort of not understanding the consequences of their actions in the beginning, for sure. What do you think?
0: Yeah, totally. So let's illustrate that a little bit more. And I think the best the best way to start this conversation is actually by looking at grandma who is the matron of this family and we'll start with her because we what what we see at the beginning of the movie is that kenji who's the protagonist or male protagonist he's very out of fact he's just going with the flow like he's not really asking questions he's not really saying uh What's going on? He's not really taking action where he wants to go. And we see this because Natsuki, who's the female protagonist, is kind of popular at school. We can tell that he likes her. And she says, hey, um, I need you to come with me this weekend to go somewhere. And he goes, okay. <laughs> just like that and like that's fine like i get it he wants to spend time with his crush but he's not really asking questions as in hey where are we going what are we doing what should i wear like what should i prepare what's my role in this she just says yes i have a job for you and it's going to require that you come with me this weekend <laughs> so again being very out of fact he's like okay cool come to find out that um he she's hired him to be her weekend boyfriend <laughs> For her, for her Grandma's ninetieth birthday party, no less, where everyone in the family is going to be there. This poor kid who has little experience with family reunions like this now thrown into this mist. So now he's out of fact of everyone else and what's going on in their situation. And Natsuki is also like she's not really um taking control because here she is hiring like a fake boyfriend for the weekend. So we can see that she's also very much at the effect of either the demands of her family or the demands that she's placed on herself and not really taking action to have it go differently.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. That was spot on. Uh, You know, Kenji in the beginning, I mean, they describe him as like, he's just an office worker. That's actually what they say about him. And he at the beginning, not only do you get very little to no information about his family background, but he seems to be purposefully kind of depicted as like a blank slate, like you say, very passive. Um, I he kind of seemed indifferent in some ways until, randomly out of the blue, Natsuki is like, "Hey, are you got? Uh, is anyone busy? Um, I have a thing that I need to do," and he just ups and says yes out of the blue, and. Like you said, he could have asked a little bit more questions. I mean, the thing that la- he later became at effect <laughs> is not only is he going to be the kind of, you know, the fake boyfriend, but then Natsuki declares to grandma that they're um, engaged, that they're uh, he's her fiance. And he had no idea that that was going to happen in the moment. Again, someone who is, didn't even think or occur that, to kind of check in about certain things is now going to be burdened with this thing that he says he's not equipped to handle, basically. But he still has to figure it out one way or another. So that was so interesting. And yeah, Natsuki is, seems more uh, confident and popular and social, like you say. But interestingly, you know, decided the best way to tackle this family situation is to... Lie and fabricate a story, and then the thing that she probably didn't expect is that that story was not going to last very long, especially when certain things start happening, <laughs> and she had to deal with the consequences. So yeah, I both characters just sort of seemed to they were taking action without thinking too much, and then later on just had no idea how much things would actually unfold in a way where they had to all come together. Um, Grandma is a character who had such an influence with the arc in the movie for that reason, because you were mentioning how grandma is a character who sort of motivated everyone, the whole family to be more at cause with basically impending doom in some ways. And the only way that they could all collectively get out of it is to try to figure it out together. And grandma was a character that was very much stood for that of someone who, Believes in the power of that as you see in the movie.
0: So let's talk about this event that we've been kind of circling around. (laughs) And so, randomly that evening after Kenji arrives in this home and he's introduced to everyone, he's just going with the flow and trying to not answer questions about his relationship with Natsuki. He gets this email that says from Oz, from the cyberspace Oz, saying, hey, solve this. And he thinks it's a puzzle and it's a math puzzle. And he's he's a math genius. He goes and solves it. And the next day, he finds that he actually broke Oz. He... (laughs) His picture is on the news, like, you know, he's con- considered some kind of cyber terrorist. Uh, Oz is broken. Everything's running like nothing's working in the city. There's destruction everywhere because traffic lights are down. Um, roads are closed. It's it's a hot mess. Like no one can get in or out of anywhere. It's ninety. it's grandma's 90th birthday and no one's able to get there because of the destruction in Oz. And now everyone is blaming poor Kenji. <laughs> And this actually is what propels grandma to say, I see that there is an emergency and it's time to bring in that samurai spirit into this disaster. So you see grandma start making calls to everyone and anyone, to the firefighters, to the Department of Minister, because apparently their families fought together (laughs) as samurai many eons ago. (laughs) And shes you can see that even in the face of uh, catastrophe, chaos, even though people can't get to her birthday, she is still standing up to ensure that people are kept safe, to ensure that her family is doing the best they can for others. And that really inspires Kenji to have it go differently for him. That's the first time that you actually see him being at cause. He's like, if grandma is doing this, then I can do something about this too. And we actually see him go back into his laptop and try to like go in and say, how can I hack into this code? What can I do? And that's when we're first introduced to love machine
1: (laughs) love machine yes an interesting name um hailing from pittsburgh which i love i just thought that was like the funniest detail is that this um so the i would say the movie describes this as like a virus like a computer virus of some kind and when um kenji again for no reason he didn't think at all he just did it because he could right the movie just describes him as just being really good at math and he got this email and without thinking just did it very out of like didn't have a strong motivation for anything and then disaster strikes and love machine hijacks his account and is able to spread the virus throughout the entire system and I don't know I mean I don't know what a comparison would be it would be like if the internet was shut down but in this world it's even a little more severe because um basically grandma was able to really be the one to be at cause during the crisis because she uses a landline and just starts calling people and basically talking to them like it was nothing super sophisticated because everything else was broken <laughs> and i just love that moment where people are like the family and Kenji, right i seeing like oh everything's broken and grandma is still being at cause. And one, I would say one of the benefits of being at cause is being able to be in leadership, right? And grandma is clearly the leader of the family. And it was, I mean, you were talking about how much she walked how much, just kicking butt throughout the whole movie. And, you know, also was super brave. I would say she sacrificed a lot in the movie being a leader in the family, right?
0: Yeah. And super intuitive as well. I mean, grandma could just, you could sense that she's the type of person that if you met her, she'd just look at you and she'd already know, she'd already get your number. She's like, I, I see you. So really cool character. But the other reason that she's so inspirational is in the effect that she has on the people around her, because just her being at cause for the things that she cares about, for her family, for others, for the well-being of, you know, uh, her legacy, kind of inspires the people around her to do the same and to take action in some small way. And we see this with Natsuki as well. And uh, in the movie, Grandma actually dies, which is really heartbreaking. But her passing. Actually, propels even more action from the side of her family members because now they really want to get rid of Love Machine. Because what happens is that they realize that Han Love Machine, who's by the way, Love Machine is the AI who is hacking this cyber world and who is like reaping destruction. Yes. Yes. But if um, if Love Machine weren't in the picture, it's possible that Grandma would still be alive. Because grandma's vitals and her, information, her medical information was being tracked by us. And since the system is down, it wasn't properly tracking her, which led to her death. Or so we think, you know, it could be a reason. So it really inspires the, her family to say, we can't let someone else experience this. We have to take action because that's what grandma would want us to do. And you see, like, Natsugi go into this system and play this amazing game of koi koi. Like I am telling like it's epic. It's it's brilliant. And it re- this is her being at cause. You know like this is one of those probably the biggest moment for her of showing up and saying I'm going to have this go a different way than it's gone before. I'm going to take action. I'm going to save others.
1: Absolutely. I love that scene and it's a callback to earlier in the movie, right? Again, Natsuki is just an 18-year-old high school student, right? What can she do? And she does make a lot of mistakes in the movie that she really felt a lot of emotions for later, including Grandma's passing, which, of course, both the protagonists feel a little bit guilty about, you know, having to struggle with what could have been and things like that. But on the other side of it, as they move through it, one of the most, I would say, at-cause moments is the Koi Koi game. And it's just a card game. And she said, hey, I know how to play this game, I'm really good at it, and I think I can win, so I'm gonna try. And then of course, it's that heroic moment where everyone online um, allows her to kind of place their accounts as bets in this card game and allows the AI to play. And when she actually beats the AI in that game, she wins the entire pot, which is everyone's account back and no longer under this AI's control. And it's such a powerful, magical moment, which of course, I think it's just so, I don't know, cute or adorable or something that it was just a card game. I just think that's so like, so funny. And um, such a, like, of course it's why we both love anime, but what a magical way to look at someone taking control of their life. <laughs>
0: Yes, a card game. But while she's playing a card game, because one of the things we know about Love Machine is that he loves games and he wasn't going to turn down a challenge with Natsuki. Um, What we know is that while she's playing this game, the family is working in the back, hacking the system, you know, to ensure it because there's a lot going on at this moment, guys. It's not just like the... It's not just a card game. There's also missiles that are coming towards Earth that Love Machine has set. So we're looking at world destruction here. There's, um, you know, everyone's trying to protect grandma. Someone is trying to hack into Love Machine to bring him down to, to ensure that he doesn't cause any more destruction. A lot of things. And Natsuki's role here is one, to really distract Love Machine and to defeat him right while other people work in the background to kind of hack into the system and make sure he can't come back <laughs> and to like stop these missiles with only two hours, <laughs> a lot of pressure,
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> a lot going on. <laughs> so, and the, here's where you see everyone like step up and be at cause and say, we're gonna make this go different. And it really goes down to the last two minutes and here's Kenji actually using his math genius, being at cause for something different to go, like not to have not have the missiles land on grandma's house. So it, it's a really powerful moment in that it's not just Natsuki, it's actually an international effort to bring down this machine. So everyone's being at cause in some way in this moment, which is so fun to watch.
1: Yeah, that so of course that moment reminded me a little bit of Digimon the movie. And um I just love that so much. But I yeah, everyone had to come together. And that is one way of being at cause, I I could argue, right? And it's so funny, like you say Kenji, that Natsuki's good at this card game and Kenji's good at math. But the difference is by the end, they had to show up and be at cause and own their stuff so much because they had a very strong reason, which is to save everyone, save the world, but also I would say to honor grandma who sacrificed her life in order to help get everyone through this situation. Um, And I wanted to check with you. I don't know if you agree with this, but I, I would say Love Machine, despite being AI, was like a character who was super at cause the entire movie. This AI had a mission and they were kind of facing against someone who had no doubt because they're not human, they're AI. So every action this AI took, the characters in the beginning were scrambling because the AI was so focused, um, knew exactly what it was doing and sort of forcing everyone to have to bring out their, their best almost because this love machine was at cause the entire movie, but they still overcame that.
0: I hadn't thought about it that way, Robert, but now that you mention it, it's really true because what we know about Love Machine is that committed to playing games and living their best life. (laughs) Seriously. And so Love Machine goes out and it's like, where can I play? And who's going to challenge me? And he like they do this by like hacking into millions of user accounts and just gaining more knowledge, understanding and power in a sense, like a physical power in the cyberspace, but also like real power when being able to control like traffic lights, missiles, satellites, et cetera. And seeing, but for a, for a love machine, it was all a game. It's like, Oh, this is just another game. This is another way that I can play. And so it, that's actually what propelled Natsuki and all these other characters to step up in a different way. How can we challenge? How can we, quote unquote, play too in a way that we can get win this game and not have any casualties?
1: It's it's so true. And I, you know, I, I wonder, did this come up during our coaching training time? But I, I recall someone saying like being a cause is kind of saying like going all in. And that's literally what they did at the end of the movie. They had to go in, go all in and be at cause because the villain, the antagonist was going all in because that's what he wants. <laughs> and anyway, it was such a beautiful, you know, climax in the movie that everyone had to come together despite making some pretty serious mistakes to say the least, right? <laughs> I think Kenji's
0: saving grace and this was something that just, really was in luck is that he actually didn't hack he actually didn't break odds he was very close to but he got one digit wrong at the end of the sequence so he wasn't at fault for this but he could have been and it's kind of funny when you think about it because as Robert mentioned earlier I mean how many of us open spam links that we get I mean most of us at this point question them we're like oh this looks weird I'm not gonna open it But you can see how detrimental it would be if we just opened every link that came our way that said you've won a prize, (laughs) like imagine the trouble. So being at cause really means, hey, what do I want? How does this benefit me? Where is this really working towards my highest good? Is this really gonna support my long-term goals? Now, how do I wanna be about the situation that will have it go a certain way? not from a place of manipulation, just to be clear, but from a place where you're serving yourself and the people around you.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, And I would say in coaching conversations, examining where you are at effect can be very interesting. Um, You know, I would say, you know, at effect, and at cause, it's not necessarily like good and bad. It's just a way of examining like our attachment and our relationship to things in some ways. So looking at where you are at effect and what would it mean for you? What would you get out of being a little more at cause, being a little more motivated and going after what you want? Those are very interesting and they're very definitely very, um, very uh, productive for coaching conversations.
0: Yeah. And to bring it to real world terms, like um, it can be as simple as am I choosing to study this or am I going with it because it's what's expected? Am I choosing to this job or am I just sticking with it because I have it and it's comfortable? Is this is really the relationship I want for myself or am I just in it because I feel safe in it and I'm scared to try something different? Um, So those are some of the questions that you might want to ask yourself, like, is this something that you've actively chosen or are you sticking with it and just going with the flow? And in all of it, you actually have the choice. And yeah, it may be really uncomfortable to kind of look at that conversation, but imagine what can happen if you actually just look at it and start taking small steps to something that you actually want. It's actually fulfilling for you.
1: Yeah, thank you, Mary. That's such a beautiful uh, conclusion. And um, I was trying to think of, you know, the three main characters we covered, and Love Machine, uh, apparently who I think is the the most at cause character in this movie. Um, but uh, the the funny accident that happens when they made these choices that had such consequences at the end. So at the start, they were not they were not in love. By the way, they did not like each other. They did not know anything about each other. But they went through a lot throughout the movie. And by the end, one thing that can happen when you examine where you can be more at cost is maybe a little bit of possibility of, for example, for them, a budding relationship of some kind, getting, wanting to get to know each other. Um, and yeah, the movie just touches on so many things about you know, why do you want what you want? And if you did have control and the power of choice in this life, in your life, you know, where do you choose to go next? what's getting in the way so yeah like Mary said this these are such juicy conversations and it's so wonderful to have such a fun movie kind of be able to depict that in such a fun way so yeah thanks for letting me pick this one
0: I really really enjoyed it it was I actually tell you, I think it's one of my favorite now that I've watched it because it's just so much fun and so light it brings so much heart and love into it and yeah I mean life by creating your life by design is what coaching is all about you know being a cause for your life and what you want to create that's that's why we're here and it's totally possible if you are open to creating the vision and goals and taking the actions So thanks for tuning in. Robert, any last thoughts before we close out?
1: No, I'm just, I'm so honored and humbled to be able to partner with you like this. I'm a big fan of your podcast and I'm a big fan of storytelling and anime. So I just had a blast being able to discuss something that was such a fun experience, but actually applying some of the things that we really believe in in our work. So it's just, yeah, thank you for this opportunity. It was so fun.
0: It was definitely my pleasure to have you here on the show. It's uh, pretty cool. Um, and Robert, where can people find you if they want to follow up, learn more about you, send you a message?
1: Yeah, thank you so much. Um, yeah, so Robert Kwong Coaching is the name of my practice. You can find me on Instagram under that name. And my website is also robertquamcoaching.com. So either of those ways, you can schedule a, find time to schedule a conversation. You can message me. Um, You can just check out some of the content. Um, But yeah, that's where you can find me.
0: If you enjoyed this conversation and want to know more or have comments, feedback, suggestions for other episodes, please feel free to DM us at coachtakupod at gmail.com, or you can find us on Instagram and send us a message directly there. As always, we are so grateful for your support and can't wait to see all of you in our next episode. Till next time, everyone. Hey, thanks so much for watching this episode of Coach Taku. You're subscribing so you never miss a new episode. Have an idea for an episode or show you'd love us to discuss? DM us on our Insta, Coach Pod, D O H C H T A C U P O D or email us at coachtacopod at gmail.com. Love your wonderful host. In that case, you can follow me, Christina, at herextinaroar on Instagram, and you can follow Mary at Mary, dot the nerdy coach. Thanks so much. Catch you in the next one.